Hello, lovers. Welcome to Heart to Heart, the Living Spiritfully podcast. I am your host, Paul Galoro, and in this podcast, I have heart-centered conversations with people I believe are truly living spiritfully. This is our finale of the very first season of Heart to Heart. And before we get into it, I just want to thank you all so much for joining me on this journey. I started back in June 2020. It is now December, and um, the world has changed quite a bit in that time. And through my experiences with all of our guests, all 12 hearts that I had a chance to connect with, um, I feel as though I have changed as well. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Now to celebrate season one, I'd like to do something special and have a live heart-to-heart conversation with all of you. And we're going to do that in the Living Spiritfully Collective Facebook group. So make sure that you check the link in the show's notes. Make sure you scroll all the way down. Click on the link for the Facebook group, answer the questions, and then join me on Wednesday, December 16th for a very special live recording of Heart to Heart where I'll be the special guest and I'll be answering all of your questions. So I do hope you will join me. Today's guest is Derek Antonio. Now this is the first time Derek and I ever had a heart to heart conversation like this. Derek is the owner of Pop Music, the record shop that I frequent in Toronto. And I chose Derek as my final guest for the season because I really admire Derek and what he's doing. For those of you that don't know, Derek owns Pop Music and Pop Music is a record shop that sells exclusively new vinyl. Now they have some other merchandise like stuff to care for your vinyl, etc., and, and t-shirts and all of those things. But unlike all the other record stores in the city, Derek doesn't sell any vintage vinyl. And this is almost unheard of. Not a lot of people have been able to be successful in a venture like this. And Derek has been around for over three years, I believe. I only met him this summer through uh, social media and his shop I only met this summer through social media. Uh, but it's really amazing. And, and conversing with Derek, he shares a lot of his insights about his experience as a business owner and why he chose to call it pop music. I love how he says that, you know, everyone shits on pop music. So he thought, why not call the store that? To me, I don't think he takes his, himself very seriously, although he takes his heart and his mission very seriously. So Derek shares a lot of his insights as an entrepreneur, as someone who is following his heart. And I truly believe that Derek is forging a path that someday many people will be walking down. So enough about that. Please enjoy my heart-to-heart conversation with Derek Antonio. So I'm so excited to have today's guest, Derek Antonio, thank you so much for joining me today on Heart to Heart. Thanks for having me. But I'm super excited to see where this conversation goes for so many reasons. Um, okay. For for those of you that that are not familiar with you yet, um, you're the owner of Pop Music, uh, the record store that I love in Toronto that I um, <laughs> come to at least once a month. So I'm super yeah. excited. I love everything that you're doing in the store and I just love everything music. To me, music is super healing. So I'm 
excited to have this conversation with you. And um, I'm not going to lie, I was creeping you on your social. And so <laughs> you have like a, a, a history. You've been mm-hmm. working in music stores for years. And I listened to another podcast that you're on and you talked about, um, you know, how much you loved music as a child. So I'm super mm-hmm. excited to just dive into this conversation and see where it takes us. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, tell me, Derek, we're just going to jump right into it. How is your heart? My heart is full. Honestly, I feel this year um, in particular has been just a learning curve on so many levels, not only as a business owner, but also as a, as a, as just a, a free spirit trying to figure out this path in life. And I think that I've been incredibly fortunate this year to have this dream of mine continue to flourish and in many ways we're we are we're, we're one and the same because so much of my energy and time is dedicated to the business and so um yeah i feel very i, I, I again i going into going into what is going to be another crazy eight weeks of of, of you know holidays is going to be it's fun i'm really excited actually I, I honestly wish i could almost pause time just so i could absorb more of it so Mm, that's amazing. As I mentioned to you before we, we hit record, what I love about your shop is just this sense of like inclusivity and community that I feel when I walk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, so fun fact, when I was growing up in high school, there was a Sunrise record by my mall. Oh, really, I shouldn't be naming names, but whatever. There whatever. was a Sunrise records that I would go to all the time. There was one by the school that I went to, the high school that yep. I went to, and then there was another one in the mall near where I lived. Yep. And anytime I went in there, because I was this like little gay boy that wasn't out yet, that was listening to all the like Canadian dance artists like Capital Sound and MJ. I don't know if you remember any of these compilations, like. Um, what was it? DJ Club List and DJ okay. Line. I remember more like the, I remember more like the Groove Stations and the, and the Pirate Radios and those, um, you know, those yes. mixtapes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of like in the same sort of field, but it was all that like dance Euro, like Tony Monaco. Okay. Um, that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Loved that because uh-huh. I grew up with dance music. My sisters, older than me, they sort of influenced me going down that direction Mm -hmm. anyways long story long story i would go into sunrise records i would buy a new gino beat cd every Mm -hmm. week and i just Mm -hmm. always felt like um like i wasn't cool you know what i mean the people in the shop always made me feel like oh that music is not cool but when i come into your shop like I remember I was I was looking at Lisa Stansfield and you're like, oh, you should check out the Soul to Soul compilation. It's amazing. Right. And I'm like, I, yeah. I love Soul to Soul. It's like we, yeah. I have many different tastes, but you like welcome them all. And I, I, yeah. I love that. Well, I, I think that, you know, what you just said about being, you know, feeling welcome was, was a really important part of the brand. And uh, even in Toronto, to be honest with you, um, you know, there isn't, a really a great reputation for Toronto record stores um, beyond the fact that you're kind of like you're on your own, you know, you go into these spaces and you're on your own. And so um, even when I was doing a business plan for pop music, I actually was a bit surprised just how unfriendly um, so many of the stores were. And um, I kind of just took for granted that this is the, what we're going to do. And I didn't really think that people would necessarily notice, but I'm glad that obviously it's resonated with the fans. And um, people are coming to the shop and, and a bit surprised by, you know, being acknowledged and, and 
being kind of informed about what's kind of going on because I mean we live in a you know the music industry the release schedules on steroids all the time and so um, it is very intimidating for anyone coming in uh, who doesn't necessarily know what's going on um, to feel comfortable and also to find their tribe you know like I do I mean we're a small space but um, you know which makes it incredibly intimate you know which could be seen as a, as a, as a negative thing because people maybe don't want that kind of attention but um, we've somehow made it into a positive thing and, and uh, we still, you know, obviously have, have fans come in who, who kind of mind our business and do their own thing, but there really is such an engagement level that, um, that exists and the conversation that happens um, because we do talk to people <laughs> who come into the store, um, which again is a really basic retail 101, you know, thing. But right. I think with record stores, for whatever reason, there's this culture that exists that isn't about that and uh um it's been interesting to kind of break down some of those barriers you see someone come in and uh they have their kind of they're very much like thinking we're the first time in and they're they, they've you know they're coming in and they don't really know what to to think of the space it's not a huge space obviously and we don't have used records which you know people are always looking for and so anyway it's just it's just interesting that you know when people come in how do you get them to open up and how do you get them to trust and um, I'm glad that uh, obviously we've resonated with you, but also with with you know the you know with Toronto being such a, a multicultural diverse city, um, trying to really uh, be and show off as much inclusion as we can. So, mm-hmm. well, you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Thank that. you. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, how did you how did you get into like I guess working in in music stores, and then what inspired you to open up your own shop? Like, you know, I know vinyl is making a huge uh, mm-hmm. boom right now, but yeah. for a period of time, it was like everyone was moving to the streaming services, and and mm-hmm. so to open up a record store with like physical music. Of course, um, yeah. What well, t- talk? Tell me about that a little bit. What's the inspiration? How did you get there? Well, I kind of always wanted. I remember there's this. I live in small town, Vernon, BC, which is the Okanagan. So my first memories of really applying for a job, to be honest with you, was this place called CD McGee's, and they would never hire me, <laughs> and for good reason. But I mean, I, I was just, I would apply to that place every year, you know, and I was of age, like I was probably 15, 14, 15, 16, whatever, every year, I'd get a little older. And I would, I just was inspired by the, the, the business side of it to me. It was, I mean, just the idea of what's popular, um, you know, what's trending, what's, what's interesting. Um, so it was very much a commercial, you know, a commercialized point of view, um, not because I was looking to sell music, but just because I was just so interested in top 40 radio and countdowns and charts and, you know, the billboard, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with CD McGee's, you know, it was family owned. And and again, I was in there asking for an ordering, doing special orders for like Madonna, um, maxi singles. And I was buying a lot of cassette singles um, from various, various, you know, artists. Um, I buy a lot of like compilations um, that were that were coming out, Polytel and Quality Records and things, but always still produce some good comps. Um, and then of course I would buy actual albums too. But um, I don't know. I, I just was always just kind of enthralled by the idea of music, and um, and and then the retail side of my life started when I was 19, and and um, I was working with a uh, Eddie Bauer actually uh, in, in Calgary that kind of got me going into this world of, of, of retail business and operations and merchandising and all that kind of stuff and when I was 22 I left Calgary to come to Toronto 
uh, for the first time. I'd never been here before. I literally got off the plane. It was my first time in the city. And I didn't know anybody. And I, I managed to know someone kind of casually that I lived with for the first um, month that I was here. But I was working for Eddie Hour on Bloor Street, no longer exists. But, um, but the culture of that store was so different than what I was used to from back home that inevitably I was just trying to find it my, my way. And so um, within the kind of that first year of being in the city, I was recruited by Banana Republic. Um, on Bloor, and that was a, a really great step because, really, by 2001, so I was 23, um, I kind of let, got into an actual management role, which was which was great, and and then being able to kind of go from there to, into various levels of management until I got my own store when I was like 26 or 27, and got to do a lot of really cool leadership experiences with them, and go to different um, conferences and stuff in the states, and I don't know, all of it was really all good and good and great, but at the end of the day. Um, what was really driving me in those positions and those roles was was the business side of it. It was all about numbers. But you know, it wasn't really until 2009 that I actually got to start with HMV. They kind of randomly called me uh, in 2009 and said, "Okay, there's an opportunity at the Superstore. Um, would you consider, you know, uh, this, this 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 role?" And so. Um, but I remember meeting with them, and, and even when I was, my whole interview was kind of not really constructed about music at all, they saw me as the value of, of this whole outside of apparel business and taking the, the strategies that the apparel businesses have out there, bringing those into, into, a, into a music store. So, and maybe that's kind of where, you know, the unlock is in terms of pop music and how we're a little bit different than everybody else, because we, we are operating maybe from a different way of doing things. Um, but uh, with with HMV though, I was a threat. I mean, I came in. I, I people the, the kids saw me as this outsider. I never really fit in to the culture of HMV when I first got there. And a lot of the tenured staff really kind of had their back up against me because they were like, "No, this guy's he's not he's not one of us." Right. <laughs> and um, and I so I had to fight and, and and build my own credibility beyond beyond pop stars <laughs> and and learn you know and learn and learn and learn and learn and, and it was a perfect playground to be in because there was so much space to really not have the weight of the business on me specifically. And my, my boss, Steve Hoy, who's an HMV legend, um, I was so fortunate to be under him for the first year and a bit until I actually got the store on my own um, because he was so supportive and let me kind of figure it out for myself. There wasn't this expectation that I was gonna come in and change culture. Mm -hmm. That's what their hope was. <laughs> but they, I didn't feel that pressure that I, you know, there wasn't, any metrics and things that I needed to hit per se beyond some of the most obvious KPIs that most retailers focus on. So um, my my challenge there really was more about gaining getting buy-in from the staff and trying to get them to understand what I was trying to achieve in terms of the customer experience and trying to take some of the um, you know knowledge that I had about you know how to run departments and how to run merchandising and and and, and drive sales sell through and, and things um that all kind of started happening organically which was great but you know a lot of it with hmv was i was an outsider and um and I, but i was kind of i forget that i was to be honest with you because i mean i i i hold that whole experience to me to my heart very very closely mm -hmm. um but i forget how maybe crazy i might have come across <laughs> when i was first onboarded so i was always having to try to improve myself i felt like i was always have my kind of back against the wall because I wasn't one of them. <laughs> I didn't have this long history of being in music. I wasn't a musician. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a record collection. I didn't have any of those things. I was just, you know, 
a kid, really. Uh, not really a kid, but I mean, I was, I was, I, I was naive, and um, but I think that naive, naiveness kind of allowed me to um, be more open-minded because I think that had I known the resistance that I was really up against, I probably would have been more defeated. <laughs> right. But right. I didn't know any better. I just, I just, I just pushed like this is my agenda. This is what I'm doing. You know, building buy-in along the way, and and I, I found my found my way. And despite my ambitions to work in a record store my whole life. I hadn't yet at that point, and so um, it was just a really exciting time. You mentioned that you know going into HMV, and this is just my reflection on it. So you're now working in a space that you've sort of wanted to work in as a child, yeah, uh, or younger, um, and you know you you have this interest in 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 the charts, in the sales, and in, in the business side of things, yeah. And you have the interest in the music, and then you say you go into this space and you think, okay, I'm here, mm-hmm. and you come up against all of this resistance. Yeah, I heard you say, you know, I just I kept on pushing my agenda. Mm-hmm. How dive into that a little deeper with me, please, because like. You know, I, I just I can imagine you know going for you're you're pushing this rock up a hill and there's people mm-hmm. that are you know either stopping you or coming up against you. How mm-hmm. did you keep going? And what was the thing that actually made you find that stride where you're like, okay, I got it. Now we're in this together and we're making it happen. Well, I think with anyone who goes into a new environment, it's about it's about finding find, finding your allies. I mean, that's that's the strategy for anybody. I think in any business environment is to find who can you um, who can you trust who can you who can you align with and so um with hmv i think people knew that i i was i was never an asshole like i was never a jerk i was always me who i'm now and and uh excitable and passionate and blah 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 everyone's like oh Jack's so passionate and it's just like but it, that's just life i mean this is this is this is what we're, what we're doing and so um i think what i think people understood that i had good intentions and i just think that maybe some of my missteps in that first year were just about be coming across as a little too corporate, too, you know, too Gap Inc. Because obviously that's one of the brands I worked for. And um, and I just kind of, cause, because that's what the culture was of those of those big companies was so, right. well, what do you mean you don't understand? What do you mean you're not part of the, this? This is what we're doing, you know? And and so um, that first year really was about, like I said, just kind of building a bit of an alliance mm-hmm. <laughs> with, um, with, with, with some of the leaders in the store. and. And even like the management team and 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 trying to and the supervisors who ran different departments and trying to figure out what motivates them and and what are they looking to get out of this whole experience and um, I think that that is really the greatness um, about a space that large is that you can have these little microisms of, of of talent that are kind of pushing the ball kind of with you but in in a much more you know. Um, smaller way mm-hmm. um but 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 they're encouraged and they're inspired and they want to do it so it was just about that and and just trying to get um some of the buy-in um was also about brand survival i think that a lot of the times i was like you know we're, we're in a world where people don't have to pay for music and, and you know we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in an environment this was before netflix of course but like we're in an environment where people don't need to they can download movies they can pirate movies off, off the internet like we don't they don't need to come into our space you know mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to make them want to come back you know and 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 you own that as an associate in the store what you the effort that you put into the engagement or to the to the to the interaction is 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 on you you know i can't control what you're going to say to a customer obviously you know going back to my gap ink years for sure there was lots of training programs that we did to talk about the customer experience 
But so much of the customer experience is organic, and it's not about following a, following a script or following um, you know steps. It's really about connecting with people. And uh, and I think what was great about that space was we had so many different diverse personalities that in in some ways customers would come in specifically looking for certain associates, and that was brilliant, you know, because that's what made the superstore super was that we had all this talent within within this building. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many places that I want to go with that. One of the things that I loved that you said was, it's not about following a script. It's about creating that, uh, just to paraphrase, it's ha- having that connection, making that organic yeah. conversation sort of come up to connect. How has that really, well, I know from my experience of, of you and pop music and Christy yeah. and everyone involved in the store, that you yeah. guys are doing that so well, um, but how 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 do you do that? How are you doing it? And how is that also? What I'm really curious about is how is that playing out into the other areas of your life? Hmm. Uh, I just think you know. I, I was just my whole mantra for for pop was you know make your own music, start your own dance, and and which is a Madonna line, of course. Yes, I was just going to say spotlight. Um, and uh, <laughs> but it's true though; it really is, and so. Um, and there's another little quote that I've been using lately because a lot of my friends right now in life are just at crossroads because of their careers not being where they're supposed to be or because they're, you know, their companies are closing down or, or, or downsizing because of COVID. Um, and my big thing to all of them is like, take your passion, make it happen, which is like a, I think that's flash dance. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. I swear to God, I, these things are cheesy, but that's what we life is. And, and, and I know that people don't always have the answers and I know that that I've been very fortunate because again, I'm a white, you know, male, passable, straight male potentially. Um, and so I've had doors open for me that, that maybe wouldn't have opened for somebody who's person of color or someone who was, who, you know, is transgender or, you know, all, numerous other things that could have been not in my favor that, that, I, that I've had in my favor. And so um, I just think that going back to the, to, the, to, the, to the store is about, and what the environment that we've created is, is just about authenticity and, and being present and um, you know, I'm not there. I was never. I never set up. I never set up pop music to make it to make a million dollars. I was never. My my motivation was never about let's become the next. You know, um, Virgin Records. You know, what I mean, this it was never my it was never my thing. And I just wanted to have fun. And I think actually, you know, when HMV shut down in in April 2017, I, much of my decision to do pop came down to the fact that I didn't want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just didn't want to subscribe to those environments anymore that, that I couldn't, you know, I had the greatest experience with HMV that, I mean, how do I, how do I go and sell or manage any other business? And so I've been so fortunate that this has worked out, but I only signed it originally in two year lease. I wasn't sure if this business plan was going to work. I didn't know if we were going to show up or not. I didn't know how many records we were going to sell. I didn't know how many records we needed to carry. I didn't know any of those things. I just kind of figured it out as we went along. And mm-hmm. so, and then we've kind of created this tribe following that through mostly Instagram, I would say, um, that has just continued to support the dream. And, and um, it's challenged me this year in such a way because um, we went online in a way that we hadn't been online before. And it's created a whole new audience that I didn't have to deal with before. And so, and now it's just a juggling act and it's just, it's fun. But I, I think I might have said, to that, you know, I, just, I, I'm, I do, I also kind of miss not, not. I don't really miss, but there's there's a simplicity that existed when we first opened that there's no that no longer exists now. And right. um, we've had, so this year has been such a level up, and 
Um, I'm grateful to have Christy, who's at the store right now, and, and she's juggling five million things today. I know, and I know that she is, but mm-hmm. that's just our world, and that's that's exciting. And 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 again, this could have been a very different situation this year. We could have been closed by now if I didn't already have an existing website that that we were able to pivot to so quickly, um, you know, back in the spring. And so, um, I don't know. I just I, to me, it's, it's, everything that is pop is just it's just it's just very um, authentic, and that's and that's what it is. It, it's nothing more than than that. It's 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 honest curiosity about your releases. It's honest curiosity about you know classic albums. Uh, I've learned so much. Because um, with HMV, I was never really on the floor all that much, to be honest. I mean, with HMV, my role was more GM, so I was more kind of like circling kind of areas, but I was never really kind of in the in the field um, as much. So I think that I, if anything, I, the pop is really I've learned so much more, um, even about music, just because of, of I'm forced to, in a way, because I'm on this path of discovery with with my customers. You know, they're discovering things, I'm discovering things. And there's obviously new albums that come out every week. So, um, what are they about? You know, I don't know. Let's listen to it. Let's find out. Like, there's just there, I'm not pretending that I know all the answers. You know, right. and um, I just kind of go with it. And sometimes I'll have to fake it. I'm not gonna lie. So there's, <laughs> time you, there's there's times you just gotta go. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. Or you're, you're reading a hype sticker as if as if it's like the most important knowledge of a, of a record. But you know, that's what it, that's what the hype stickers are for. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't know everything. You can't, you can't love everything. I certainly don't. Right. <laughs> um, you know, right now there's been a lot of really cool, like, indie, like Phoebe Bridgers, and they're like, artists that are selling a million records this year, not getting a million, because they're, they're indie artists, but artists that I just can't get into. And I'm like, I can appreciate that they're selling really well, but I just, I, I'm just not there. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's other artists that I get really into that I try to like do my best to kind of push and promote. And, <laughs> um, so again, that, but that's the challenge of it all. That's 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 the nature of the business. Is that you know, yeah. you, you everyone's got their own their own idea of what they like. And so, yeah. um, what's been great about our following is that they're really open to suggestion, and for the most part, they're willing to to try um, to listen to us when mm-hmm. it comes to um, whatever, whatever whatever we're posting on Instagram or whatever whatever seems to be of the moment. So yeah, yeah, I love that. It's funny, and what you say about you know trying to get into or knowing that there's popular artists and not being able to get into it, but then mm. you know having these other ones that you want to push. I'm very similar. Um, a friend of mine, so uh, she and I run a yoga retreat in Italy every year. Mm. Have been since 2017. Right. And um, last, so 2019, we were in Italy. We're driving, and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to be DJ." So she puts on uh, Sufjan Stevens. Okay. And I'm listening to. I'm like, I just cannot for the life of me get into this and we're driving through Tuscany and I'm like this is beautiful but it's just it's not right. working for me right and then um, actually it was last month before record store day she sent it to me she's like here's his new album you have to listen and I don't know what it was but I listened to it and it clicked and I'm like okay this is the new record that I'm gonna get because you know I come into your shop and I have yeah, a theme. Of course. yeah um, but because uh, I'm so and my friends laugh at me all the time so they're not my friends anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but they laugh at me because like my collection is um, all like stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Like I'm like mm-hmm. boom radio station. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so um, I made it a point to every record store day. I have to have at least one record that mm-hmm. is current. That's, right. That's like in the year that I'm currently in. It's got to be like 2020 or at least in the mm-hmm. last like four or five months. Um, right. And so I, I have to, you know, go out and find other people to do that for me. But I did you listen? 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, um, so I listened to the, the, the album before and then I bought mm-hmm. it because I love it so much. And now I'm addicted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can see, it's right there. Um, the Sufjan Stevens oh, album. I can't. Oh, yes. It's right, the, right there. Yes, right. Okay. Have you listened to it? Have you opened it up? Let's talk about the music experience for a moment and why right. I'm so in love with vinyl. I've wanted to get a record player for the longest time. Right. Um, I had a couple records that I bought like back in like when Madonna released American Life I have like American Life on vinyl like the the 12 inch Um, and then I picked up a a bunch of other ones like like Mm -hmm. used stuff yeah Um, and then you know over a decade passes and and the whole time I'm like I want a record player I want a record player but I was traveling a lot so I never had a place to right yeah yeah so anyways, long story, long story, I finally get the record player now. And what I love, for me, music is is a journey. It's an experience, yeah. right? So I buy my record and then I clean it, I put it down, I play it. I already know the album. Like, you know me, I'm buying stuff from stuff right. that I already know. I just want to have right. the physical form of it. Of course. Um, but I love to like read the Wikipedia page and find out about the sales. And then I go watch the, the music videos. Like I make right. a big deal about it. And what I love about this particular record is that inside he has a book of colored, um, it, okay. It's, if artwork, you ask, isn't it? it's artwork. Yes. If you ask me, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like, you know, those meditation coloring books for adults. But I think he, <laughs> I think maybe, little, maybe, he, maybe that's his next adventure. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more serious than that. But I love it because, you know, I'm all about the energy. So I'm listening to the music and that's making me feel a certain way. But then I'm looking at these images that he's created and that's making me feel another way. And then I'm just like, my mind is blown just from the whole. And it takes you on a journey. Mm -hmm. Because for me, music was always an escape as a a kid. Mm -hmm. Like if I didn't feel understood by my family or my friends, I went mm-hmm. into my bedroom and I played Madonna and I'm like, deeper and deeper, this chick gets me. Do you know what right. I mean? Of course. Um, or I'll never forget um, Jan Arden. Okay, so this is like, this is how eclectic, eclectic, I guess, I am. Like I went from like listening to all of these like Euro house, Euro dance, but then I had, uh, like I, I made my father buy me Jan Arden, Living Under June, when I was in grade eight. Right. And that, that I'll never forget that record like touched me that I would listen to Good Mother when I was in grade eight. How old yeah. am I? Like 13 maybe? Bawling mm-hmm. my eyes out because I could feel that song. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, it's one of our pandemic records. I mean, I did a recap of the best selling albums of the year so far. And Jen Arden actually, she almost, we sold a lot of Living Under June. And, and I, specifically in the, in the springtime. It was one of those weird albums that we were selling like two or three a week of. And, um, so she was definitely a, a, what I call comfort listening, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a bit. Um, but it was, she was definitely one of those titles that, that resonated with fans. Um, and I think it's um, the, the singer songwriter, the, 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 the pop, I wouldn't say pop diva, but the, the, that kind of honesty that comes out in the, in the song. Sarah McLaughlin would be another example. Oh, um, love. There's a res- that, that resonates, I think, specifically with gay men more so than straight men because it, there is, it's a perspective, it's a storytelling um, that, that comes across as, as, you know, genuine. And I don't know, I mean, it's, I mean, but, but then again, you know, I, sh- you know, I shouldn't, you know, kind of peg it to that. But I, do, I, do, I mean, I definitely think there's a, 
uh, Amanda Marshall would be another album that. Oh my god! Out. You are just naming all um, of <laughs> all of my nineties well, like Lilith Fair. Look, look at Alanis Morissette this year. I mean, if you look at the, the thing I published yesterday, Alanis Morissette's number one album of the year for me in terms of sales. That isn't because of the local market. It's because of the international market. Mm. But then her of the local market, though, the demos from 1994, 1998 that that got released for record store day like four years ago, which somehow I got stock on, um, is my number one selling catalog, uh, catalog um, album of the year. Wow. And that has nothing to do with me telling people, oh, it's amazing, it's you know, it's this, it's that. There's just a, a natural energy that comes from that era of of Alanis. Um, that people resonate that resonates and so people want to consistently relive that and um, even Jake a little pill um, I think it made my top 10 as well for catalog albums of the year so wow. yeah no there there is uh and that's the great thing about being called pop music is that I there, there's no shame in any of this like I love the fact that we can celebrate anybody and um you know on that same list was Tom Petty on that same list was Leonard Cohen I mean there, there is like again we are Pop pop music, but I just I love the fact that we can be everybody. Nina Simone this year, we've sold sixty Nina Simone records this year. Sixty. That is a lot of wow. for, for and there's nothing new. It's all just people wanting who are discovering Nina Simone. So it's like, mm -hmm. yes, this is what it's about. Because those you know, I think sometimes also as a listener, you can't hear things until you're ready. And so um Nina Simone in particular is not very accessible. Like she, she doesn't have the most warmest, loving voice. It's very harsh, it's very real, it's very you know, very sad, and um, and I just think that her her music, especially this well this era that we're in right now, um, you know, it, it just it, it just speaks to people, and so it's just it's really cool to see that kind of trend. You're like, wow, Nina Simone is like outselling anyone else this year, like in terms of like new artists, like no one else has moved six records. Um, of their catalog of, of that that I that I can that we that we pulled up. So I mean, again, on a national level, different story. But in terms right. of my little micro business, <laughs> it is cool to, to pull these stats out because that's the fun part. That's the part of me that's the analytics and the and the, and the number crunching and the and the and the, the bestsellers and, and that kind of right. stuff. So. Um, Okay, when it comes to music, that's never the first place that I would go to in terms of like these numbers and stuff. But hearing right. them as a music fan is yeah. interesting to me because all my life I've always believed that, you know, I have a weird taste in music and it doesn't, you know, resonate with the people around. But to mm -hmm. hear something like, I'm not, I'm not so, um, I'm not very well versed with Nina Simone's catalog. I know, you know, that right. it's like feeling good, et cetera. Of course. But to know that there is like a, a wave of, of people now that are getting into it, like yeah. it would it would nudge me in that direction. Or also like you know knowing that other people are interested in similar Jan Arden, Jan Arden, like you know. <laughs> and I just discovered recently that she um, uh, released a bunch of stuff like her old stuff on vinyl. So mm -hmm. Living Under it's June is on my list. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's hits and other gems. It's like a repackaged hits package. It's a repackaged hits package. But anyway, mm -hmm. but it's got new songs from her new television show. And so it's a bit of a marketing gimmick, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, yeah. you know, fans will buy what they want. So yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. And it always comes mm -hmm. back to and I, it's funny, because I, I've been saying this in many different ways, how I see COVID as a blessing for really, mm -hmm. for me, I think it's really like knocked me on the path that I've I'm supposed to be mm -hmm. on that I resisted for a while um, mm -hmm. but one of the big things that it did for me was bring back that experience of music right so I mm -hmm. I stopped really buying music actually a friend of mine 
and I, Andrew and I, would go to HMV, 333 Young Street, every mm -hmm. Tuesday um, because I would work and then we would walk to his place and then we would yeah. walk down and we would hit up the third floor, we would check up what's going on on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. um, we, that was like our time. Right. And we would buy, buy CDs and then I would go home and listen to them. But I started to notice like, you know, over the years, the little insert went from being a little book to just a foldable thing with some of the, you know, yeah, the credits. Yeah. Um, and then I stopped buying music. I would only buy music of artists that, you know, I loved and I wanted their whole collection, like Kylie, right. Madonna, et cetera. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I was, I, I just felt empty inside. I'm just going to say it. There was like something missing until I got my record player and finally I could touch and I could smell and I could feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s, but, you know, we didn't have a record player. We had one or two records, but my parents were more about tapes and stuff like that, right? And mm -hmm. then we went into cassettes. So I never really had the experience of vinyl. Right. But there's something about the disc mm -hmm. and the grooves and the needle and how the, the needle and the grooves, when they meet, they make sound. And then you have, mm -hmm. like you can't have this like okay here's an example i just bought madame x mm -hmm. a year after it was released because i didn't okay. want it on cd i just wanted it on vinyl i finally get it on vinyl i've been listening to it digitally for a year it's a completely mm -hmm. different record when you feel it mm -hmm. and you have like that vibration that comes from it yeah. it's so fascinating to me yeah i mean it, I, and that album is very you know it didn't it was very polarizing because you know and not to discount Kylie Minogue, but she's releasing a disco record tomorrow. That's not that groundbreaking. Everyone knows what Kylie Minogue does. Yeah. That's what she does. Whereas Madonna, you know, not that we can, we can go on a whole tangent about this. She doesn't give a fuck and she wants to do her own thing. And she's always going to do her own thing. Yeah. And her, that whole era was um, a great moment for her to kind of not, give, not, not care about the commerciality of what she's releasing, but rather the statement. And so I'm glad that, I'm glad that it resonated with you because... Um, I had to, to, to talk to a lot of a lot of fans last year and try to get them to see that part of it. And of course, they're looking for the disco singles. And I'm like, this isn't Confessions on a Dance Floor. Yeah. Although that album this year, we told it made our top ten in terms of album sales of the year so far, in terms of like catalog. So that's um, what I still have to get on vinyl. I'm, I'm well, slowly building right. my Madonna um, <laughs> right. collection on vinyl. So, but it's great though because these these are the dialogues we have. I mean, and people come in all the time and they're looking for the specific, you know, like the the the, the pop stars that they know. This year, a, a great example would be Jesse Ware. So not everyone knows who Jesse Ware is, and so I've we've it's in our like we've sold like thirty plus copies of it this year. We would have sold a lot more had it actually been in the stock, but it's been on back order for months at a time. And so, um, but it's one of those records where it's like it's not the most obvious pop star and it's not the mm -hmm. most obvious pop single. But it just really resonates, and so that's where I feel pop, pop music can can we kind of have that that perhaps that queer following is because we do celebrate these artists that aren't necessarily um, radio pop stars like they're not Ariana Grande, they're not. Um, who else would be kind of a, a pop star? Um, Alessa, I mean, I, yeah, it's funny. I don't actually follow pop music all that much, but it, it's just like it's just one of those things where bright light, bright light out of New York. So he's amazing. Yes. Um, and uh, again, it's one of the artists. I'm like, I, I'm pushing these these releases that people wouldn't necessarily, you know, get. Sunuku would be another example out of England um, this year. Again, a record that probably wouldn't get any attention um, 
anywhere else. Um, but um, we've got an environment that can, um, you know, show it off. So mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, but it's uh, but but again, it's also it's just it's getting people and fans to open up their ears to other things that they're not just you know they're not used to. Maybe in a way that the stuff in Stevens is kind of your example this year. Although truthfully, I don't really get them either. <laughs> but people really really wanted the "Call Me by Your Name" soundtrack. And then I'm like, okay, so maybe this guy's a big deal. I remember when Carrie Lowell came out at the HMV and it sold some numbers and it trended for a bit. Um, but the new album, you know, Video Games is such a great track. And I love oh, that single. Um, I love that and song. So, yeah, yeah. So, there's, so I, I, you know, with records, and again, this is why I'm challenged and pushed as, a, as, a, as the owner, um, is to open my own ears and, and try to kind of understand why record is, is trending or sounding the way that it is. Um, and also to try to get ahead of things. Like, so... Last year, one of our successes was uh, Duran Jones and Indications. And so we have a lot of people who love Leon Bridges. And Leon Bridges is very, in my opinion, pretty mainstream. Like we have one kind of knows who Leon Bridges is-ish. Mm -hmm. um, but there's really only, only released two records. And so, and it had been a while since Louis released an album. So there's another artist um, that came out. And this is what Christy does a lot of too, is we just kind of play off what you already love. And okay, well then listen to this. And so. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just to me, it's, it's just really validating when I see the sales numbers because okay, it's like people actually not only do they listen, but they but they but they actually bought. And so, um, you know, that's always a challenge that we have. And she's always, you know, I, I, it's been it's been cool to work with someone who gets it the way that I get it. And um, it's it's no coincidences that she's part of the she's part of the brand. There's no coincidences. I just feel like um, you know she adds such value um, and pushes me in a way that I sometimes don't want to be pushed. And um, but it's because. It's all for the customer experience. It's all about making it memorable and um, valuable. So, did you know Christy like from HMV days, or is she a friend from before, or did you hire nope. her for pop? Like, how did she come into? This is my my favorite story about this is she really emailed me a letter. She only emailed me randomly last November and was like, "I can sling records for you like nobody else," and I'm like. I need a seller. I, at the end of the day, this is a business. Like yeah. it's fun and cool to be pretty and fun and like be a, a store that's whatever it is. But you got to sell records. And so, um, so for anyone who comes all across and says I can I can pitch records, I can I can I can sling records, as she used to say. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I'm interested. Let's let's see what you got. And I just I couldn't believe it, just in terms of the actual um, impact that she's had in terms of the business. Because I mean, I can I can sell records, of course, but to trust somebody else to come in when I'm not there to to have that same energy and that same commitment to making sure that people leave with something. Because again, it is about a business. Um, and, uh, or, and and I don't leave with something, not necessarily like a product, but like to leave with an experience that is not just, well, I went into the store and nobody talked to me. Like they, they went into the store that, that they were engaged in some way. Something something was memorable about the, the, their, their, their time in the space. And um, so she's been such a help. I mean, I mean again, we're, she's learned a lot this year too, because we've both kind of had to adapt to this new online world. and. It's insane the amount of people who who place orders with us. And I, again, I'm not complaining because this is not a bad problem to have, but I'm just blown away by so many things that have happened this year that I cannot explain. That are, that are cosmic. That are, um, I don't know. I, I to say hashtag blessed is, is so tacky, but it really is. Like I you you mentioned something earlier. I can't remember if it was, was recorded or not, but the vibrations. So so much about my journey with pop music three four summers ago before we actually had a, a space or anything like that was all about vibing high. And so, uh, and really putting things out there and, and letting, letting, you know, putting that energy out there and having, you know, it come back to you and, and, and have, um, you know, to make a decision, 
you know, and then everything else just kind of falls into play. And and there's so many things that happened even in that, in that first year of pop that that were so cosmic that Christy coming to me last year was just another one of those examples, you know. And I, I just um, I think that part of my success again is just being able to make decisions and and uh, and my motivation to be just a, a good space and, and again not to think of it too much as a as a on the money side of it which right. which in the end I ultimately have to of course mm-hmm. it's a business but mm-hmm. um, my intentions are always so just about can we actually can we pull this off can we call it pop music like let's be ridiculous let's call it pop music because everybody shits on pop music so yeah. like what can I do <laughs> and that's why I said I only sounded to your release initially like I don't know if this is going to work but and we don't sell vintage records, which the entire industry of vinyl record stores is reliant upon vintage records. Like yeah. you cannot have a record store without vintage records because you need that margin um, to exist because you don't make any money. Okay, I shouldn't say that you don't make any money, but you don't make a lot of money on your records. You really don't. And so you, it's all about volume. And so, so with pop, you know, not to get into any numbers and business things, but it was just like. You know, again, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, my, my initial game plan, I swear to God, was like, how many records do I need to sell a day, you know, to make this work? And so, and that's kind of where it all started. It was like, I need to sell 10 records a day. If I make, if I make $10 a record, that's generally what we make, is about $10 a record. Um, how many of these records do I need to sell a day? And, and then how many do I need to sell a month? And do I pay myself? Do I, how much is rent going to be? Like, and that's kind of all this tough formulaic, how it all happened. It wasn't, it wasn't this like, I mean, the business plan eventually came to fruition. It was much more detailed. But when I first started doing this, it was just kind of like, again, like I call it cosmic because I, uh, I was all of a sudden, you know, I, I would unlock these, these, these learnings. I would be like, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can pull this off. Maybe I, maybe this, this could happen. And so, and just thinking in that way alone was was sending vibrations, as I would call it, um, to the world, saying, "I'm ready." You know, that yeah. we're going to do this. And so, um, you know, we built in apparel into the mix. And so. Um, that was a big part of the of the business too, but it's uh, I don't know. The, I, I, we're we're incredibly lucky um, to have this environment we get to go to every day, and mm-hmm. um, and and uh, again, I just, I just go back to the fact that it really, it, you know, is about the fans, and 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 you know, it's it's that's what keeps it interesting. That's that's what keeps us motivated and challenged. Is you know, we get a lot of random requests now than we ever did before um, because we're just that much reachable and. As much as I want to be like, oh, like, because they do take time. That is the core of the business. That is that is the core where we started. How we got how we got to where we are now, is because we we made those things important when we had the time. And now that we don't have as much time, it's still about making those things important, but doing it in a way that's a little more efficient. Right. So. Right. Um, I love how you said you know about vibing high, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that comes to mind, and this this came up in. Uh, episode number 11 with Heather. She's a chiropractor, female Mm. business owner, uh, just opened up a chiropractic um, office like in the middle of the pandemic. Um, And she talked about the same thing, about this idea of alignment, like aligning her, she had to align herself Mm. in a certain way to then start to attract other therapists into Mm -hmm. her space. So what what have you done both personally and professionally to align yourself to um to draw in the people that you're drawing in with with your with the fans with with the 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 associates Mm -hmm. what have you done in your life um 
I just think I've, I've just I've been I've been living my living my truth, which I know sounds really really a really weird thing to say, but I haven't faked anything. I haven't I haven't faked a single thing about the brand, um, aside from reading the occasional hype center. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I I really think that um, the moment I decided to do it was was telling the universe that we're going to make it happen, and um, and then from there on in, it was just a series of things that just kind of lined up uh, in our favor that the right moment, the right time, and uh, the rest is history, I suppose. And personally, I think that I kind of, I continue to make myself as successful as I can with the business. I still try to be there, you know, four days a week, um, sometimes three, sometimes less, depends on what's going on in my world. Um, but but I think that um, the challenge I think that I have is, is just, um, wanting to do it all you know and 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 the great thing about those first two years um was that i was able to do it all you know i had that kind of control and uh so my look my look my learning this year personally has been to to not be as um <laughs> to let go of things to not to just trust trust people to to live up to the brand values that you've established and um and you know don't say things don't nitpick don't don't react um when it's not necessary so i've had to bite my tongue a few times a lot actually this year i've 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 attempted to send a message to somebody you know christy or someone or another someone else in the space and i'm like you know what no this is not this does not this does not create positive energy this is this is not a, this is not a positive thing mm-hmm. nothing will really come of this other than they're gonna they're gonna get this message they're gonna feel shitty about themselves or about shitty about something they did and so Whereas my life before with, with HMB and things were all about accountability. So it was all about like telling people exactly how it was and, and you didn't do this and, and, and what, 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 what's the action plan to, to not do it again and all those kinds of you know formulaic responses that you're kind of programmed to do in, in, in our business, in our industry. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I just think that in terms of myself personally this year, I've, I've tried to not be as so serious and, and to not be so cheap. I think that's another thing too, and, but but again, but it was that cheapness of it got us to where we are. We couldn't right. we, we couldn't have existed if I were to pay myself or pay myself very well or pay or 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 comp things or do discounts. Like I, 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 I we never do discounts. Like and I don't mean that in a, in a boastful way, but it's like we just don't operate on that. We've never we've never felt comfortable operating on that on that on that on that platform because our pricing is very competitive as it is, and so. Um, I would rather just, you know, I don't know, there's just little things in, in life that I just, I, I'm learning to like, this year I'm just learning to kind of not be so, you know, hung up on. And uh, including, <laughs> including, including, you know, um, even just trusting, you know, trusting that everything will work out. Like with COVID, I mean, we could we pivoted so quickly to our old online store, which our old on- online store was was decent, but it, it was not what we are now, and, and it wasn't getting the attention that it's getting now. And so, but again, it was just one of those things where I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Like, I don't know, you kind of just gotta re, like, you gotta move quickly. You can't, you can't moan and groan about kind of what life is throwing at you, and you have to kind of just move with it and just trust that people will understand mm-hmm. um, what it is you're trying to do. And right. so, um, and I think in the industry, I think I've, I've made waves. I think that um, I don't think a lot of people give me a lot of credit for. Um, doing the, the business the way we have and, and to not do vintage and to not 
you know, and, and again, going back to Colin Hill's pop music, um, I think that we kind of, we, we were probably, we probably weren't expected to last. I don't think people really probably banked on us three years ago and thinking, okay, well, that's, that's not going to work um, because it really hadn't been done before. And um, because again, so much of record stores is built into the margins that you make off used records. Right. And, um, but yeah, it, but it has. And, and, and it, you know, I, but, I, but I opened those doors three years ago trusting that it was going to work. And I guess that continues to be my, my attitude. That continues to be my, my, you know, if anything, I just want more recognition and more, I want more, I want more status, not personally, but as a brand, like I want to be right. more, like, I feel like I'm always fighting with vendors to get, you know, to get products. And I'm always fighting with, 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 um, with the powers that be to kind of give us the spotlight that we, I think that we deserve. And, mm-hmm. but you can't live your life with that motivation. You can't be motivated by, by, I shouldn't say fame or, um, Profile. You have to. You're, you're motivated by by the people who, 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 who you're with every day, and so. Right. Um, but we all have egos. We all have egos that we have to manage, right? So, it's it's you know, what point do you do you not take something personally, and what point do you just realize it's just okay, this is just business. This is just, yeah. you know, you want that special attention, but you're not going to get it. So don't moan about you're not going to get it. Just carry on, you mm-hmm. know, and and just, you know, know that you're a small little fracture of of the market mm. <laughs> tiny and uh but but we're growing and we're getting bigger and we're and and, and we're, we're getting more attention and so um all that's very exciting for me but I, I but i also in my head i'm always i'm very competitive and so I, I have to like i don't follow other record stores on social media like i only follow dead dog records um only because steven and i have a bit of a kinship because i just feel like you know he's an older gentleman um, in this industry, when this industry has changed so much in the last five years, um, it, where, but, but the sonic booms of the world, the rotate this is—I don't follow any of them because at the end of the day, whatever they're doing is not what I'm doing. And so, yeah. and I just find that the more that I immerse myself in their world, the more of my own world I lose. So, mm-hmm. um, that—that that to me has kind of been another challenge this year is to really kind of tune them out, you know, right. because it's so easy to get your back up, <laughs> and it's so easy to be discouraged by what some of these monsters are doing and monsters not in terms of bad people but in terms of how long they've been around for how big a right. business they have what kind of following they've got you know 10,000 11,000 followers like so much more than I've ever got but but I can't I can't spend energy thinking about those things because then I lose who I am so mm-hmm. I just have to trust that organically my my follower account will, will get there and <laughs> you yes. know I'll, I'll you know it, but it, enough that matters to me but I mean but I mean, it, there is a little bit of ego. Of course, we're all, we're all guilty of that. I mean, we're all guilty of wanting to be the best. And um, I, I'm really proud of kind of again what we've what we've achieved in three years. And I, you know, and I do take stock in that. But I don't I don't sit and dwell upon it and and and, and, and let it get to me because it, we're always there's always challenges. Like right now, that I've got five things spinning at the store right now. Even though I'm not there, that I need to, that I'm worried about. That I'm like, oh, I'm not there to to catch them if they fall. And and it's just mm-hmm. you kind of let that go, and you just kind of yeah. just go with it so um if i could just offer something to you just from my own experience not obviously in records but just uh in in what i've noticed in general the 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 second i accepted the fact that i wasn't going to get the recognition that i was looking Mm. for inside from this particular source yeah and i started to cultivate that within myself Mm. that sort of disappeared but then came to me if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, and if I could just tell you, because what, the reason why I asked you on this podcast is because 
when I look at you from like my, you know, Stevie Nicks hippie life, <laughs> I look at right. you and I see you as somebody who I say is living spirit fully, uh, full mm-hmm. of the spirit, which is the essence of who we are. And mm-hmm. I see that, you know, you've got the drive, you've got the passion, and there's just a divine natural intelligence that is coursing through you and also mm. surrounding you that is making pop music it, it, it's 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 supporting its blossom right and I so that. so i think it yeah you 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 would love you know people in the industry to notice it but <laughs> the i think what's really important and this was one thing too coming at from you know, I was presenting at fitness conferences and yoga conferences for mm-hmm. years, and yeah. I always wanted the higher ups to recognize me. But it was right. more like the students coming up to me and being like, "This is how this experience changed my life." Exactly. And that's what, like, okay, this is why I'm here. So I don't need right. that. that. It would that be that nice, and yeah. also this yeah. is good. So well, that's what correlates with me. It's like you know, I can't, I can't spend energy worrying about what Song Boom is doing or what Rotate This is doing or what Cops Records is doing here in the Toronto market. Because they've been around doing it for, for 20 plus years, some of mm-hmm. them longer, some of them 40 years. Yeah. But I know that we're just beginning and I know how exciting and what I've got to offer the world down the road is going to be so incredible, but it's all in time and you have to, you can't burn yourself out and you can't live beyond who you are, you know, just for the sake of ego, just for the sake of, of um, you know, wanting to be seen, you know what I mean? and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that going back to the kind of the, some of the some of the you know some of the, the insecurities I had about the brand um, was you know a lot of it came down to I think just because it, I wasn't the straight male white dude listening to you know classic rock or to indie alternative like because I wasn't that guy I I often thought well, I'm, like look at me diving into this business model that that I'm that I'm going to be seen as this expert or whatever in and you know but i couldn't think about those things because if they did i would i would never would have taken the, the, the leap i wouldn't have ever jumped off the edge to get to where we are now and mm-hmm. so um everything else is just kind of aligned and i said to go back to the fan experience so the, that to me really is what i what i, what I seek most value now in is, is just the fan experience and knowing that people are i somehow made their lives better because mm-hmm. of music um because they, they they've always wanted to have a turntable they never had one before and now they, they they have one or they had one that was awful and they have a better one now so they're they're just little things that that kind of add add light into people's lives and um that's really well that's what it'll always be about as much as i can control it i mean before mm-hmm. we before before we have our own mega store <laughs> I, I i i really you know i want to keep pop as as authentic as possible as long as i can um and i don't I have to just trust that will happen. I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball that will tell me a year from now where we'll be or what our store will look like or what our following will look like. I just have to continue to live every day uh, and take it, you know, one week at a time and, and, and set priorities and, and, and try to not drop any balls. <laughs> yeah. <So, laughs> I so. love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation because yeah. I, um, I, like I said, I love your store. I love everything that you've brought into my life just yeah. by your physical space existing. Right. Um, and thank so you. through that, I love you for that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for the support and, 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 and giving me this platform to speak. I mean, again, I think it's happening a bit more than it was when I first started. But it's, I think, again, some of that is the recognition of the fact that we are doing something that is 
making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. If that sounds yes, that's exactly it. You have made my world a better place, and that in turn (laughs) has helped me make other people's world a better place. Exactly. I just think we're all looking to be inspired, and that's what I think the whole. I mean, the wintertime is looks very looks very daunting right now. What's 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 going on in the world? And I mean, and obviously the U.S. There's a lot of things in the world right now, but it's like, Mm -hmm. but I mean, at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. You can't control tomorrow you can't control the next day after that you have to just stay present and yeah. uh and um do your best to not overreact <laughs> mm-hmm. so i have one question that i a final question that i want to ask it's what is your heart telling you right now about what you're doing and where you're going we've only just begun mm. so I love yeah it. I, no we have we've only just i, I really I cannot wait to to show the world what 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 what, we're, what we'll do next. I, I, I really, um, I've been so encouraged this year by the world. Not even just the Toronto market. Not even just the Toronto vinyl market. But like, there's been fans that have reached out to me from around the world that are just somehow could not find a brand that spoke to them in a way that I guess we do. And and I just it's it's really inspiring. It is. And I just and I just have to absorb that as much as I can without you know without getting off 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 task. So. <laughs> All right. I love that. Well, I'll tell you what, we will follow up in yes. a year. Well, yeah, obviously, we I'm going to see you. We're going to be in touch <laughs> for the next little while. But I mean, in a year from now, I want to sit down and have a follow up with you and just see how things have continued to blossom for you. Because honestly, brother, when I'm saying this, I mm. mean it from the entirety of my heart. Mm. You are on the right path. You are doing what you're meant to be doing. And what you just said about your heart um, saying we've only just begun, it made my heart flutter. So that tells me that uh, you know you're 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 aligned with the natural intelligence that is here to make this world a better place. So. Well, I appreciate that feedback. I, I you know again one day at a time. That's all you can do. Yeah, you're amazing, so. Derek cool. Antonio. Thank you. So, thank you. Um, so I'm going to include your links and stuff in the show yes. notes. Tell tell uh, tell people where they got to come to to experience your to experience the world of pop pop yes. goes the world. Um, well, our retail stores are Broadview and Gerard uh, East here in Toronto, which is five eighty one Gerard East, um, easily accessible by five hundred four five hundred five or five hundred six streetcar. Um, but there's also um, this little thing called pop musicca and that is what really is the future for us. Mm. I think that as we continue to get bigger. Um, trying to make that as as best it can be and so for now um that is really um where to find us so amazing i love you so much thank you so much thank you for having me on your show and that's a wrap lovers thank you so much for joining me for this journey of heart to heart season one I do hope that you'll join me for the live episode. And if you can't, and you, there's a question that you want to know about me, um, please send it to me at paulgaloro.com. You'll see the email in the show's notes. Or you can always pop into the Facebook group, send me a message there, and uh, I'll be more than happy to answer it. So remember, Wednesday, December 16th at 8 p.m., we will have this final live heart-to-heart of 2020. Thank you so much. I love you tremendously, and I'll see you soon.